doesn't it? <clears throat> the Gospel is the story of the Eternal One, the Alpha and the Omega becoming our Saviour, and the book of Revelation portrays a special relationship that exists between Jesus and his people. In, it is a revelation of the anointed saviour, for Christ means the anointed one and Jesus means saviour. He will save, from the Hebrew Yeshua. And it is in Revelation that the sacrifice of our saviour Jesus is often portrayed as the lamb that was slain. And when we look at the last book of the Bible, we discover a twofold theme. And I'd invite you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. 11 says that I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And they were saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdoms and strength and honour and glory and blessing. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. We have the perfect sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And later in the same book, we find the other side of the theme. Again, Revelation, but chapter 14, verse 4. <coughs> and it says, These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they were virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb, wherever he goes. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Brothers and sisters, today we're witnessing someone following the Lamb wherever he goes. That's what it's all about. Among us followers, we'll be added one more follower who wishes to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. I believe that's a wonderful event. Now, baptism. I want to look at baptism and what it meant for Jesus and what it means for us. When Jesus approached the River Jordan, where John the Baptist was baptising, John declared of him, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Straight away we know that this isn't just a revelation thing. This is straight out of the Gospels. In fact, John the Baptist, do you know what his father did for a living? Priest. So he would know exactly what he's saying because a priest has to deal with the offerings and the sacrifices. So when John the Baptist says this, this is more than just a flippant uh, expression. This is a um, sacrificial expression that he knows of where Jesus is headed. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we are told in Acts chapter 10 that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power at, his, at the time of his baptism by John. 
The baptism of Jesus marked his anointing and it also marked the beginning of his public ministry <clears throat> as our saviour. It was from the time of his baptism that Jesus was called the Christ by the believers. So that's how it was for Jesus and that was for his beginning. Now for his followers, can someone share with me what is the Great Commission? Now, I don't normally ask for volunteer statements. What's the Great Commission? Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations doing what? Thank you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them. Just as baptism marked the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, so it is to mark the beginning of our fullest co commitment to him. It's not surprising then to find that the symbols of baptisms are used in many reference to believers in Revelation. Believers are washed. In Revelation we are told that when Jesus died, he washed us from our sins. Revelation 1 verse 5. You'll have to note these down. He redeemed us. Revelation 5 verse 9. And he washed our robes and made them white. Chapter 7, verse 14. The reference to the robes of believers being washed are made and made white in the blood of the Lamb draws attention to baptism. And I remember Jesus at the Lord's Supper when he said, not all of you are clean, but he said, all of you have been washed. He was referring to their baptism. That was what it was about draws attention to baptism. To him who loved us, Revelation 1.5, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So baptism is a form of cleansing. Now believers are sealed. In Revelation chapter 6, we see the opening of the sixth seal. As the sky recedes like a scroll, and the mountains and islands move out of their place, places, the question is asked, who is able to stand? Who is able to face the coming of the Lord? And in chapter 7 we find the answer. Those who will be ready are those who have been sealed on their foreheads. Those who have the seal of God are able to stand. But what is the seal of God? Now we can debate this but it's really easy. What is the seal of God? In the same scenario recorded in chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, we find the answer. Only it is those who have the Father's name written on their foreheads. Okay, so to be sealed by God, or to have the seal on the forehead, means to have God's name on our foreheads. But what does it mean? What does it signify to have God's name on our foreheads? Well, what it signifies is that we belong to God. We are owned. Back 2,000 years ago, everybody would know what that means because slaves were marked. It's, it's an ownership thing, and I think it's a good thing to be owned by God. I'd rather be owned by God than, well, disowned by God. Isn't that true? So... To have the name signifies belonging to God. It, it's also being identified with the character of God. 
Now, when do believers receive the name of the Father and the Son? Well, the Great Commission. Yeah, there we have it. When believers are baptized, they are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This means the Christians are people who belong to God. Okay, Jesus was anointed in his baptism. The believer is also anointed and sealed by the Holy Spirit of baptism. Baptism is a new start, for it's like a death and resurrection. Romans 6 deals with that, and we often hear Romans 6 expounded to most baptisms. It symbolizes a new birth. John 3, remember John, uh, Jesus rather, talking to Nicodemus. I must be born again of the and the Spirit. It symbolizes a new birth. Baptism is also like a marriage. Paul wrote of being married to another, even to him who raised from the dead. Romans 7. Interesting, isn't it? He refers to it that way. As with marriage, so baptism represents entry into a new family relationship. Um, we often call our new, newly baptized um, entrant or candidate brother or sister, one would hope that we do that all the time. That would be good. In fact, uh, Ray, who is a little bit older than me, will be my younger brother. I'm going to love that. I love that concept. Okay. In fact, for some of you younger people, he will still be your younger brother. But it's lovely. And um, part of a family. It's part of a family. It's wonderful. It's If like like marriage baptism is to be meaningful, it must be based on faith, love, and understanding, much the same as a marriage as well. Now, believers are clothed. In Revelation, another interesting aspect shines forth. We're taught that believers are given white robes. This is found in chapter 6, chapter 7, um, a number of verses here. You see me afterwards if you want the verses. I've got stacks of them. I list them all. And Galatians 3, 26, 27 holds a beautiful statement. It says, for you are all sons, and I think we should put in brackets, and daughters, of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism symbolizes the covering of the righteousness of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? It's when we go under the water, we're being washed being covered by the righteousness of Christ. I think that's wonderful. And Paul encourages us in Romans 13, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus takes away the sinner's filthy garments of sin and clothes the believer with the righteousness of his own character. All right, preparation for baptism. <clears throat> so what do we need to do? to be ready for baptism. Some of you know, most of you know. Well, it's fairly straightforward. It involves belief in Jesus. And when I mean belief, you don't just know, you actually actively follow Jesus. And repentance. As for belief in Jesus, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the good news to all creation Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe, and you don't even have to worry about the baptism here, and he doesn't bother with it either. He just, whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. So, wow, to have that relationship. 
when the Bible talks about believing and knowing, it talks about relationship. It's not just a head knowledge. I mean, even the demons knew who Jesus was. That doesn't mean they're saved. It's having that relationship. <coughs> I like it when the jailer <coughs> asks Paul and Silas, remember when the... There was a bit of an earthquake and the doors flew open and all the chains fell off and the jailer thought he was dead meat. And the guy said, don't run away, we're still here. Don't do yourself harm, they said. And the first thing he says is, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know, he must have heard their singing, their preaching. He knew the gospel story by this stage. He knew they were onto something absolutely fantastic. And he says, what must I do to be saved? <clears throat> and instantly they reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. Isn't that beautiful? Baptism is essential However, it holds no significance to the unbeliever or the person who is too young to understand the gospel of salvation. That's why there's no record of infant baptism in the scriptures. <clears throat> now, as for repentance, when we are confronted with the fact that Jesus Christ died because of our sin, we ask, as did the people listening to the disciples, what shall we do? Remember when Peter preached... And they were literally, not literally, figuratively, metaphorically, cut to the heart. I love that verse in Acts 2 because that cut to the heart, I think we all need to be cut to the heart when we, so that we can come to the same conclusion. What must we do? And the answer given by Peter to those brothers and sisters, repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the believer will choose to obey the commandments of God. The believer in Jesus Christ, who has chosen to turn from sin, will want to be baptised, according to the example and command of Jesus. Baptism symbolises our being sealed by the Holy Spirit with the name of Jesus Christ and the Father, because baptised believers belong to God and identify with the character of God. The study of the word of God led the Ethiopian official to Jesus Christ and baptism. When Paul was confronted with the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ, Ananias said, The God of your fathers has chosen you to know his will and to hear words from his mouth. You will be a witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptised, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. <clears throat> to be baptised into Christ is to identify with the rest of the offspring of the, women, of the woman. It is to accept the scripture as the sole authority for doctrine. It is to accept Jesus Christ as Saviour. 
It is to be sealed with the name of Jesus Christ and the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's to accept the God standard of the Ten Commandments, including the fourth, which upholds the holy seventh-day Sabbath. It's to be part of the body of Christ, who are the saints with their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is to be part of the family that waits earnestly for the second coming of Jesus. It is to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. This morning, Ray Harvey, by entering the waters of baptism, is expressing, expressing his desire to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Amen. <coughs> now, I'd like to talk about Ray's spiritual walk. Um, Mike, the first part of this wrong. Ray's spoken to me a number of times. <clears throat> um, and as I'm beginning the preamble, Peter and Ross, if you would come forward, I'd like words from you, Stu, as well. And Peter, I'm going to need your hand a little bit later on exclusively as well. Um, Ray, as a, as a child, Ray was always interested in knowing what the Bible taught. Not all children are like this, but this was a guy that used to try and sneak into the service with the adults where the sermons were being preached, and he kept on being ushered out to go to the children's part, the Sunday school, where he would, was asked to colour in pictures and draw, draw pictures and colour them in. And he was always wanting to get in there and hear the real stuff about his Lord and Saviour. Um, um, he's got this is going to be a guy that you could probably get up here one Sabbath morning to give his testimony because he's got a very interesting story to tell but um, he's searched and he has searched far and wide he's been uh, a number of churches he's asked lots of questions these gentlemen will, will speak to, where's Peter gone? there he is um, <coughs> He stands, he stands more than still, <coughs> but he's down there. Um, Ray has asked many, many questions. Probably still got lots more questions to ask, as do we all, but um, a lot of them have been answered. Um, he was baptised way back in 1968 into the Church of Christ, but because he's been seeking the truth, really seeking it hard, trying to get all the right answers, Finding the right relationship with the Lord, he now wishes, because he feels that he's there, this is the best he's going to be at this particular point in time. He knows he's on the right track. He's come so far that he wants to go into the water. But look, I've just sort of done a preamble. Um, <clears throat> Russ, you had a lot to do with him. Peter, you also had a lot to do with him. Ross, not Russ. Ross. Ross, this is Ross Cuthbert. Is it Dr. Ross? Dr. Ross Cuthbert. And um, would you like to share with us your interesting journey with Ray? Or is it Ray's interesting journey with you? I don't know. <coughs> oh, this one. Good morning, everybody. I remember about 14 or 15 years ago, Ray came to Eden's Landing Church. And it wasn't long with having discussions that we found that we had a very tough character with us because he had a uh, bad experiences in some churches 
and he didn't trust us at all. We had many, many discussions, haven't we, Ray? Deep discussions. And I've um, been looking forward to this day. Um, it was last year. Uh, Ray rang me up and said, I want to be baptised. So I contacted Pastor Neil. And then about a few weeks ago, he rang me up again and said, I'm going to be baptised. And that's where we are today. Um, <coughs> Ray never wanted to be a Seventh-day Adventist, even though he attended Eden's Landing for about 10 years, I think. No, I don't want to be a Seventh-day Adventist. I just like coming to church on Sabbath and fellowshipping. But this is a, a mighty step. And we praise God for that. I haven't really known Ray that long compared to probably most of you that do know Ray. I first met him in about 2011 and uh, had no idea of his background or who he was or, or that he even attended Seventh-day Adventist Church in Eden's Landing. Uh, but Ray and I have a mutual friend who by God's divine appointment came into our life which meant Ray did, and uh, for which we're, we've been blessed. Tough cookie, yeah, he's tough. And we had a lot of hard discussions, didn't we, Ray? We've had some good prayer, a lot of good times. And uh, one of the best times is uh, just whenever we're joking around. Ray and I have got a similar sense of humour. God's still working on us both to get rid of that. But when it comes to studying the word, Ray can struggle. But he's got a keen sense of right and wrong. And, uh, and for that, you know, it's been a real blessing to be able to study with Ray. I'm not the only one. I, I've, I really have studied very little with Ray, in a sense. We've had a lot of discussion, a lot of prayer, and we've spent a lot of time together. There are other people here, like John and even... Clive, they've spent time with Ray, you know. I'm sure there were plenty of people at Eden's Landing as well that spent time with Ray, talking with Ray. Um, but every opportunity to spend time with Ray has always been a blessing. I remember one Sabbath morning waking up and feeling impressed just to go and spend the Sabbath school time with Ray. It was a real blessing because he was living on his own and he had no one with him and I just... Lord impressed me to go and spend time with him. And, um, and it's no merit to anybody, really. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to convert and convict a soul, right? We're just blessed to be part of that work. Little things that we, we think, are, you know, perhaps sometimes almost nothing can make the biggest impact. Like putting a 3ABN television in his house. That little thing made a massive impact preaching a sermon on the shaking made the turning point 
didn't it, Ray? Didn't look at the church anymore as Babylon. One of his hang-ups, one of his difficulties, one of those tough questions. <laughs> and so today is a blessing. And, uh, and it's only by the work of God that we're here and that Ray is able to take part of this. And so we really hope he's richly blessed today. Two other people that studied with him <coughs> can't be here today, Doug and Walter. He loves Walter Vyth and Doug Batchelor, watched them all the time. Actually, he distributes discs when he gets an opportunity to share with people as well. <coughs> so there's been a lot of contributing factors. And what it is, Ray was sitting there sifting out the good from the bad, double-checking, triple-checking. He wouldn't be here otherwise. And it is not good when you do all the checking that this has got to be the place that you check into once it's all done. So, Ray, I'm going to have to ask you... Oh, look. Ray's testimony, if he's up to it. Are you up to talking? Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I'm going to have to ask you some questions afterwards, but look, I'm going to hand you the mic, stay where you are. If you've got a few words you'd like to say to encourage others, a bit, bit about yourself, where you go. Uh, I was with another church and it made me uh, very weary. It made me suspicious. I... Uh, Ended up walking away from them after 20 odd years because they had no fruits in them. They had nothing. But yet I come to the uh, Seven Day Adventist and the fruits developed. And uh, that's what impressed me. As it says, the scripture says, you'll know them by their fruits. And that's what I found with the seven-day Adventist. There is the fruits there. So hang on to it and keep going. And no matter what happens, we can always get things done. And the lady that actually oh, brought me to the churches sitting here today, and uh, supporting me and uh, this illness that I've got is causing the problems I've got right now with my emotions but yet my feeling towards the scriptures are that uh, no matter what happens no matter how sick I get whatever I happens I've always got the desire to witness I've always got the desire to speak to someone and in your own family, if you're sick and you can't get out and witness, but we can witness to our own family by our attitude, by our atti uh, behaviour. This is the fruits that Jehovah God gives us. And I... I always remember it from when I was a child that 
but God was with me. What God I did not know, but now I know, and I will be staying with no matter what. Amen. Hold, hold on to that. Ray, I have to ask you three questions. I'll do it quickly and then we'll right. proceed. All right. Do you, Ray, accept Jesus Christ as your personal saviour and Lord and decide to live your life mm. in a saving relationship with him? Yes. Do you accept the teachings of the Bible as expressed in the statement of fundamental beliefs in the Seventh-day Adventist Church and pledged by God's grace to live your life in harmony with his teachings? Yes. Do you desire to be baptised as a public expression of your belief in Jesus Christ, to be accepted into the fellowship of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and yes. to support the Church and its mission as a faithful steward by your personal influence, tithes, offerings, and a life of service? Yes. Brothers and sisters, is there any reason why this man cannot go forward into the font? Amen. Okay, let's do this.
Standing here on the 1st of June, the first day of winter, when that chill's coming through from the south, it's not very wise, so I will not be here very long. But I will tell you that normally this is a lot warmer. Uh, we had a few hiccups, I'll leave that to my head to deacon to sort out. I promise you that whoever is next in the font, it'll be a lot warmer. But I'm telling you now that the experience is worth it. The relationship with the Lord is forever. It's a forever relationship. And it's something that you don't want to put off. You really don't. Um, I'm reminded of what happened this week. They were hoping for a fatality-free Friday. It took 11 deaths this week to get to that fatality-free Friday. And they were young people. These are people that aren't going to go anywhere or make decisions. So I'm not just talking to the young people today. I'm talking to all of you, but you never know when. And the best time to start your relationship with the Lord is now. Ray's lucky he made it as long as he did. I'm not, I'm not belittering him. He's, that was his journey that he had to walk. Some of you got better journeys. But I tell you what, if you, I'm just asking and reminding you now that you should start this journey as soon as you possibly can. Don't leave it until it's too late. God bless you all.
pastor's chosen a few more hymns for us to sing while we're waiting for them to change. And we're going to sing How Great Thou Art. Leanne and Chris, would you like to join me?
What a wonderful God we serve, how great he is. Let's sing number 632, Until Then. Pass me not, O gentle Saviour, 569. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. First and fourth verses. Here. 
this right there. It's, you made it. It was, when I visited Ray, you can see that Ray is severely crippled with his condition and um, no way was he not going to allow this to go ahead, no matter what was happening. And I warned him that as he gets closer to the baptism, the devil will do things. And I was speaking to him the other day and he said, you know when you said, but your will coupled with Jesus is stronger than, than Satan's, isn't it? It's always. Well, I come to a very delightful part now, now that I'm warm and dry and out the font, as we both are. Um, I'd like to, I'd like someone to put forward the nomination that Ray become a part of our congregation. Someone like so moved, there's about four people. Seconded? And everybody that agrees, put your hand up and say amen very loudly. Amen. Okay, well, you're a part of Bow Desert Church, so I need to have all my elders and all everybody else that was involved to come forward and shake Ray's hand. We'll do that right now. Ray, welcome to Bow Desert. Welcome to the family. shake his hand. I don't know how you're going to hug him, but give it a try. And Ross, Ross, I think you should be out here too, shaking this man's Okay. Hi, Murray. Good to have you, man. Good to see you. And you must buy your shirts at the same shop. I'm not sure. Very similar.
Just don't, just don't break the hand. And Robert, you can actually say little brother and mean it because I know that you are actually old, older than Robert. I baptised Robert last year, by the way, at Logan Reserve, so he's a new one. He's a younger brother in the faith as well. But this old timer, he's been in the faith for a long time, Gordon. Yes. <laughs> you did. And we're worth checking out. Actually, you should check us out last. Try the rest and then try the best. All right. Um, as I said before, Ray's chosen a couple of songs. He's chosen all of them, actually. Uh, the first one, Onward Christian Soldiers, he chose. Now, I've got the word that um, there'll be songs and words heard, but the words will be up, so join in this with, with the singing, please. Um, Standing or sitting on not fast, how do you want to do it? It's still a uh, song to our God, our Lord, so. Saviour, okay, standing, Saviour, Saviour, hear my humble cry. That's not it. It's um, written down in stone. Oh, if we stand up, we may not see it. There we go. And I'll move to one side. And that way you're all joining Ray. Just and the law is right, and it's written by God in stone. The law is love, and the law is life, and it's written by God in stone. I will follow his commandments. I'll 
Well chosen, well chosen. It says it all. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for um, a day in a week where we can separate ourselves from the world and spend time with you. We thank you for this very special occasion where one more has shown how much he loves you by wanting to be a partner in the sharing of the gospel, sharing of all this beautiful word that you've shared with us so that many can be saved and none should be lost. Father, my prayer is raise example, our example, will be followed by others that before Jesus comes we can get as many as we can. We think of people here not just in this room but here in Bow Desert as well. And we ask that you use us and help us to find these people and to to share with them what we know that they may make the choice as Ray has done and be one of your number. Lord bless each one here whose head is bowed, and may every one of them be ready for the Lord when he comes, is our prayer in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.